You are listening to a special episode of the Bondzilla Podcast. This week, we take a deep dive into everything Godzilla. Uh, you said yes. I'm yeah. Start no, we, we messed it up. Hello, everybody. <laughs> that one's staying in. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Welcome uh, to another deep dive edition of the Bondzilla podcast. Uh, I'm Nick. I'm Will. And uh, it's a Godzilla deep dive. Yeah. And uh, I think very easy subject to pick this week. Um, normally in our past, before the deep dive era, we saved our era reflections for like kind of the final episodes of those eras. But because we have these deep dive episodes available to us now, why not discuss the latest era that we discussed uh, in a longer format and, and kind of do a big retrospective or, or as I said before, ASMR. <laughs> do you do you expect me to talk? No, I expect you to die. I I still think. Wait, wait. Set <laughs> <laughs> the set the slide That's whistle. Slide whistle. We took her on a nice <laughs> on a top. <laughs> on a top. No, no, wait, no. It would be like you would say it. Close. Well, and I was joking that the the Godzilla one would just be like. Now it's time for Godzilla ASMR. <laughs> just well, huge roars. We'll just call it a hairloom. <laughs> What's like a good? Let, let them fight. Yeah. Let them fight. That's a lot of fish. <laughs> <laughs> you you call you call this French roast? It's Tatopolis. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yes, the millennium era has come to an end in our previous episode of Godzilla Final Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, and we had kind of briefly talked about it on the previous episode about how it's been interesting seeing these different eras pass by where it's definitely like with the show in the Hazy era, it just felt like a sizable era that we spent a lot of time with. Whereas this one was very much that, you know, it kind of like ended right before, like before it, it just seemed to just kind of end out of nowhere. Like it seemed like, Oh, all of a sudden it seems just like yesterday we were talking about, uh, 2000 and then all of a sudden now we're here at final wars which brings us up to in the next two films the most uh recent modern day um godzilla films so in that way it it it, it is interesting to look back at this millennium era as the the era that i always called the era that godzilla still existed <laughs> <laughs> because we had we had said that there usually is a defining aspect of each of the eras yeah. in which um you know the biggest thing that you had always says is that the show era is that it's you know it's the origin era that ultimately became the wacky goofy era and those are like the defining well, uh, aspects like, of that. I think like I I I've, the show era is very much defined for me as like anything could come next. Mm-hmm. It was really an era where 
because anything goes it was basically yeah anything goes because of the fact like you know the length of time and how the movies were made and, and sort of the way that they looked at the franchise it was just like this one has a giant lobster this one has a giant robot this one he fights pollution like it was just basically like right anything goes and then the hasty era was very much defined by you know it's continuity and it's very much kind of the 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 big single story right. that it kind of told right and, and definitely the more like and it sounds ridiculous given like where the movies go but kind of that more grounded like sci-fi approach yes. where it's like they're more of just straightforward even though they are like larger than life tales and yeah. you know they include like time travel and space yeah. monsters it's definitely a more earnest look at the at the and franchise i would say too that the hasty era more so than the showa and and something that sometimes the millennium era tries to do is very much also based around the real like emotion and mm-hmm. the drama around godzilla whereas if the Showa era is more full of like the big monster action and kind of the focus is on that action a lot of times, not right. that those movies don't have themes and don't have drama, but it feels like, you know, the big fights and stuff, it just kind of feels like that tends to be the real focus. You know, with the, you know, with our kind of recurring characters and, and the uh, Miki, right, is, is our right. recurring mm-hmm. character, yeah, yeah. Our, our main psychic girl. And, and there's a lot of reflection on kind of the the emotion that surrounds Godzilla, which I also think very much defines the entire Hasey era, which I think is very consistent through all of those movies. Even stuff like Space Godzilla, you know, has our that fucking guy and his journey mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and I think some of that, to an extent, is retained within the Millennium Era. But also, I mean, I have my... If I were to say what, you know, you defined... Um, the millennium era is kind of the era that Godzilla still exists. Whereas I would kind of define it as the, uh, like start and restart era mm-hmm. because that's what it really is. It right. just feels like every movie is like a, a new restart. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was one of these things where, and another thing about the, the hasty era is that it was mostly for, for the most part had some eye on having like a bigger theme uh, yeah. like at play you know as yeah. broad as that theme may be there is definitely more of a attention to like the, th- the thematic exactly like i said not to say that those show over films didn't have thematics i mean you know, yeah i mean they they had them but like again there was a, other than 50, it was a more earnest look at right. them in the hasty yeah, yes, era, yeah. era like 54 was really like the true like showa era film but also, I would say that the other thing about the Showa era is that I think there's very, definitely like two sections of it, in the sense that like the first, like the fifty four and raids again are very much like an original, like right kind of like the Godzilla franchise becomes what it is with King Kong versus Godzilla. I mean, that's where kind of what the Showa era is is truly presented, right? Kind mm-hmm. of big monster mashes uh, with big goofy action, big goofy human storylines, and stuff like that. And then when you move into the Millennium Era, and kind of like what I mean about it being, and of course we're talking about the Millennium Era that starts from 1999's Godzilla 2000 all the way to 2004's Godzilla Final Wars, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, I say it as like the, the era that they were just, that Godzilla existed, because you can almost define and look specifically at all these different milestones that have been taking place within both the Showa and the Heisei Era, Whereas the Millennium Era always kind of felt to me, at least, as that era where the only thing that was accomplished, in my humble opinion, is that Toho just continued to make 
Godzilla movies and basically kept Godzilla in, you know, the zeitgeist, right. as it were. Like, you know, it, because had it not been for the Millennium Era, then there would be that period all the way from the mid-90s to the 2010s of no Godzilla films. Yeah, which was the intention. Which yeah. Was, or at least... The- well, I mean, but not really, because the intention was, is that other like the american studios yeah. would have had like their franchise and that there would be at least three well, films be, but it was in like that. the intention of you know toho taking a break and you know other godzilla means would happen but then you know circumstances right yeah named roland emmerich forced their hand right and i think that's the other thing about like at least how the millennium era starts it's not to say that the millennium era was like rushed out because that's not the case but it very much was like an unexpected response. Yeah, it, it was. Feel that it was that, definitely a reactionary. It was a reactionary franchise, yeah. response, and I feel like that leads a lot into, especially those first the three films, which I think very much kind of define how the Millennium Era is. Because I, I think the other thing about the Millennium Era, and I think we'll get deeper into this, is that I think we would be discussing this differently if you know, for us, like those first three films have definitely have some memorable items in it but they're all very to us fine mm-hmm. and it really you know to really to us it has five films and two good movies mm-hmm. and i think like the discussion around the millennium era would be different if they were just pumping out like awesome movie after awesome movie after awesome movie now how, here what i would say to that too is that like obviously like i find that the you know the um PC era in comparison also starts slightly rough because 84 is not a perfect movie by any means and i think uh in retrospect to when we did that review i've kind of warmed up to biolanti even Mm -hmm. though it's still not as hot of a hit as i would like it to be for me i've I've definitely warmed up to it upon reflection but i also think that those two movies still have a distinctive feeling to them and a distinctive um memorable aspect to Mm -hmm. what they are because 84 is kind of again that kind of return to trying to do 54 well you also had to remember you have to remember that 84 was that original he's back yes. like you know we're bringing right. the franchise back again yeah. and you know and then you're right like with the first two films and then biolanti was a step in the right direction even though yep. clearly not there and then it really wouldn't be until Ghidorah that the films would start taking on uh like you know the the both the strengths and weaknesses, but mostly by Ghidorah, mostly like the strengths, strengths that, that that make that that portion of the franchise work. But it, but kind of like hashing it out a little bit. One of the interesting things about the Millennium Era for me mm-hmm. is that there really is no kind of through line to the point right. of like it's a lot of yeah, it's a lot of it through because I don't want to make it seem like it was like a lazy thing because they had the intention of having some creative freedom with it, making it work, and, you know, they didn't go right to just reusing monsters right at the beginning. That took them a couple films in before they started doing that. And even when they did with GMK, they decided to go in a different route. So there was that. Um, And it actually would be unfair for me to say this following thing, so I'll just say it, and then I'll probably backtrack it, is, like, nothing really for me truly sticks about the Millennium Era. Now, that's not... 100% 100% fair to say because GMK does have its fans within the kaiju yeah. fandom. So I don't want to like throw that under right. the bus. And Kiryu is kind of his thing. But as we were kind of talking about Final Wars in our last episode, yeah. you know, you 
there's a sense of like we were like the fact that we were questioning, you know, like where could Biolanti or Destroya fit into this film and the fact that we would make fun of like we don't even want to see Space Godzilla in this film, right? Like we yeah. like we would even joke about that. Um but at no point are we ever like Man, where was Orga and Megagirus? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like, so it's like, so there's that well, little bit of that. And I think that that initial Godzilla 2000, like, all right, we're going to do this, doesn't, it doesn't even, and not to say that 84 is a good movie, but it's, it doesn't quite even have that 84 punch of like, no. We're it, he's back and we're coming back and this is our like new like reintroduction well, to the character. I do think that it, the thing is, is that like, um, a couple things respond to that because there's kind of two thoughts run through my head. One of them I would say just a direct comparison to is that at least with 84 and Biolanti, when you have those two films back to back, it still feels like there's a direction that these films are going. And it really is like those first three movies, it's just like, okay, 2000, is this our direction? Right, no, right. Garris, is this our direction? You know, all those movies are distinctly three different things. And not that that's wrong, but it just kind of feels when you look at the era as a whole, here's the, I think the thing too is like within the time frame, if we were like kind of watching these in order, I think it would kind of almost go down a little bit more because we're just like, oh, it's just the new Godzilla and they're doing something new. Right. But when you, when we're watching it in this kind of retrospective and we have the full millennium era at our, you know, disposal, it really does feel when you're watching them and it's just like, there is no solid, like, through line and direction to go right the other thing i would say is that it, it kind of reminds me of what well, all the way back to our fourth of july special mm-hmm. where um you said when you were doing the um like the, the top, top four, four yeah uh that like the Millennium godzilla Air- films that i feel like you should watch yes. yeah it, or like you would it's to introduce or mm-hmm. whatever right. whatever our thing was is that you said like the you said that about the millennium era that like you know they're not that they say there aren't good movies in there but none of them really stick in terms of doing something unique enough where it right. wouldn't be another movie. And I kind of tend to agree. Now, I would, and I would say this, I would put, like, now that I've seen them all, right? I would put um, against in that consideration for the yes. fourth slot. Like, yeah. I think it's definitely worth a consideration. But you're not wrong in that, like, if I was going to pick between, like, against you know, it does stuff very well, but stuff that I could also see in the original Mechagodzilla if I really wanted to show you a Mechagodzilla movie. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And it's kind of that same thing. Like, 2000, Megagirus, and GMK nev- don't really have things that I can't show you in other Godzilla movies. It, it, I mean, it's a hard... It, it, it's, it, it really suffers from a couple different things. Like, you know... There's a little bit of, for the most part, up until against the movies aren't great. I'm sorry, like yeah. they're not. You know, not none of them are a home run. Two thousand is kind of meh. Megagirus is fun at times. Yeah, you know, we're on the side of we're not huge GMK fans, and it really isn't until against an SOS that they're fun films. And then the weird part about it is that, and I didn't mention this on the in the in the last episode. But Final Wars is kind of like a movie that when you look at the final product is as almost as if they've made no progress in making these movies at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like a movie that when you watch it, sure, it's like a goofy, like, you know, kind of over the top nonsensical, like, cluster F. Like, you know, it's just like that. But this was off the bat of against an SOS, which were competently made films. Yes. 
So it, there's kind of like the the whole through line of it being all like you know it's all over the place in terms of that, which kind of makes it for a fun grab bag. But I also didn't quite find it as entertaining. Like you're right, like when you watch the Showa era, there that was kind of a grab bag of varying degrees, and I yeah. and it felt more fulfilling at the end of the day. Like I don't you know collectively, I don't know what I have gotten out of yeah. you know all the way from 2000 to Final Wars. Yes, and, and again, it just has to do with that start and stop nature. Yeah. Like, where you have Godzilla 2000, which, again, is very distinctly a standalone movie. Mm-hmm. And despite the absolute still baller ending to that movie, right. and it's still baller, you come away... You know, it's like... Really something that defines it is all three of those initial movies. And even to an extent... I mean, it, it, this happens also and against, though it works there more specifically, is that you have these teases of like, oh, but Godzilla is still on the rampage, or Godzilla will return, he's right. not necessarily dead, and it only pays off in Tokyo SOS, like that's the only, you know, against in Tokyo SOS, but it's like, Godzilla 2000, oh, he's still on the rampage, and they're all just watching, and then, you know... uh in Megagaris, oh, did he go through the portal, or is he back, or what's right, going on? Right, and then right. even in GMK, it almost becomes a parody of itself, where you see his heart still beating at the bottom of the ocean. Right. It's like, oh, he's still not dead. But, like, you know, it just kind of, at, by the time you see it in GMK, it's like, yes, we get it. Like, Godzilla will still be well, there. Well, it's like, one of those things. Like, give us something to attach ourselves to, because, I mean, the other thing about all of those movies is really, like, they're just fine in both you know, there's just human action, human wise, maybe little bits and pieces, mm-hmm. but even like Megagirus, the story of Megagirus is told much better in against a Mecha Godzilla. Uh, you know, I think GMK kind of does some decision making that doesn't really help that last yeah. part. Some of, the human, emotion- some of the human stuff in G... I actually, I think I went on record by saying that some of the times the human stuff in GMK actually worked better than the monster stuff. Oh, yeah. And, um, and, yeah. Yeah. and I think, like, you know, there's... And GMK was one that I think had the most potential human-wise just based on the story they were telling, but also that movie's meanness and, and kind of the, the way that it's told just kind of undermines that a lot of times. And, of course... I mean, I've also I've always said, and this has been consistent since the Showa era films, that these movies, a lot of times, the enjoyment of them hinge on the enjoyment of those monster action. Yeah, and I think of those first three, uh, that Megagirus has the most entertaining monster action because um, I think that third act does have some good chemistry between Megagirus and Godzilla, but you know, Orga is a is a bust mm-hmm. and. You know, the GMK battles don't really, like, get moving, I think, um, yeah. a lot of times. I, I think, like, the appearance of Baragon is more kind of the best novelty of mm-hmm. that movie than anything else. And that fight is the most solid because it's the most unique fight. And But remember, like, you know, um, I also think that this was the era, too, within those monster fights that we started kind of seeing them play with different technology right, that we started yeah. to really see like the computer elements and 
that was a real thing that hindered 2000. Yeah. Was kind of the weird camera angles and the bad green screens and like Orga not really working as a costume. Right. Especially because they, you know, there was. Because that was, of, that was a big thing. Like we had kind of criticized the CGI use and it's easy to kind of like lean on that as a critical crutch. Yeah. But we were very critical of like practicals in, in, in this series. Like, we, but neither of us were a huge fan of the. GMK Godzilla suit, oh, like yeah. Orga doesn't didn't quite work. Like the Ghidorah suit, and like does you know kind of like misses a lot, I mm-hmm. think. And it, and it really wasn't until um you know against that well, I think yeah. that they were like and all those elements were operating. I do think it's so interesting that against really are of the just in comparison to the films, the two Mecha Godzilla films are the ones that feel the most distinctive in terms of there's a lot of the good stuff that we love about stuff mm-hmm. in the, in the, like if you like those films, I feel like would fit within like, well, what we love about the show era and the Hasey era and that the monster action is great. There's a lot of unique stuff there. You know, there's, there's ways of reinventing Mechagodzilla again for, for what uh, it is. You know, both of those movies have very solid human plot lines um, that do work be, Against more so than Tokyo SOS, but I right. still feel they're they're both not bad. Still, yeah, yeah they're still well well done. It's a competently made movie. The effects like, are good, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's just like those are the movies that you would want to show somebody from this era. And it's like the other th- four. I mean, and Final Wars, which we haven't really, you know, I haven't really, but the Final Wars does have its novelty. But as I said, again, it's like that monster action is so distinctly like not there mm-hmm. in that yeah. movie. Uh, because it's Godzilla blowing by everything. But yeah. I was, the last thing I was going to say before I forget it's, about, it's, about it's, those, sorry, go ahead. those yeah. against movies, because I, I talked about Final Wars, is also the suits and the effects of Against and SOS are, you know, what you want in these types of modern Godzilla right. movies. It's got, I mean, that Godzilla costume is the all-time great. You know, it's a good, Kiryu is a good design, and the battle is, you know, mostly practical, but there's still a good mix of, like, what you can do with kind of the more CGI and computer effects, which right. you, you know, is, is kind of, and again, it's like, you know, it's early 2000s, you know, this is not, you know, it was, in, it was in the same era of Die Another Day, which we've also criticized for its CG use, and it's not a bad thing for, you know, to go into that, because you're going to need to use it at some point, but it is just like, you got to use it effectively, and you got to use it, and it, like, especially those first couple films, it felt like, Toho was trying to do more than it was capable of sure, with those sure. effects. And I think that's really the key. And it's the same with Die Another Day. But when it's like your, you know, shot of Godzilla, which is like, go back to the Hasey era. Like when all those shots of like him in the distance or him at a cityscape, oh, like it's even- so, he's so enormous and terrifying and effective compared to that scene both in GMK and in 2000 and some in Megaguirus. Like those green screen shots of just him in the ocean are rough. Oh, like, yeah. and, and well, it's laughable. Com- I mean, like, even comparison to like the end of the Showa era, like, like, I still think one of the best shot movies of these Godzilla films is uh, the original versus Mecha Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some really nice, like, shots of Godzilla coming up behind mountains and against sunsets and stuff yeah, like that. I agree. And just in comparison, it's just like. T- 2000 is the most rough because I I'm on your side too. Whereas I think I can forgive Megaguirus because I think it's still more. I think here's the thing. I think Megaguirus is more sure of the type of movie it is mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of like how they use the CG. And I feel like it, yes, the, the swarm of Megan, uh, what, 
Meganula. Meganula. Yeah. I was going to say Megagirai. <laughs> Megagirai. Um, the Meganula. Right, right. But it kind of fits what the movie is. Sure. That kind of swarm. Whereas the two, the, like the 2000 green screens and like the weird camera movements. Yeah. And even like, and, and Orga and, uh, you know, like, cause the Orga has a thing where it's like, he's kind of a shape shifting kind of thing. Right, but also right. you have the suit, which is really unwieldy and not great practically no, because no, that fight is so like th- those suits to have no chemistry together. And it's just like, it just starts off rough. And again, it's like, you know, the, none of those first three movies gel. Mm-hmm. At least, in, you know. Another another thing that really I felt hurt these films is this is the single standalone nature of yeah. the films, and yes. but mostly because it's fine if you want to do that. But at the same time, it also felt like they were making them as if like they could main they could like remain in a vacuum with each other. And by that, I meant like by the third time you're doing this movie. Like the like by the third film, like we've have another Godzilla origin story that yeah. like has like the flashback of like back in 1954 a Godzilla attacked and this is and then I get it like and it's kind of interesting that everybody takes their whole but to be fair for your when you're talking about a franchise of movies one that comes out one after another yeah. like chronologically like in terms of like when these films were Especially released like, they're like year after year yeah and then like you're one a year and you're binging them like you know like you know we joke about the batman yeah. movie like you know there's always the joke about how like a batman movie always has to like bring up the batman origin story it has to bring up martha wayne but like it would be different like if like we watched like the first four batman movies and then the context of each one began with so anyway, Batman, you know, well, back when he was a kid, he I went think, into crime alley, but other- it actually happened this way this time. Like, it's like, yeah. so it, it doesn't make for even like a satisfying binge because you're just like by the, by the third time. And then thankfully against is a good movie, but there was still even that against where they're just like in 1954, Godzilla, like, we yeah. know, like, well, come yeah. on. Well, I, I, the, the thing I would say about that, though, is I 100% agree. And again, that start and stop nature, it's just hard for you to get invested because, you know, like the next one, it, like once the next one starts, you're like, okay, well, we're doing this again. My thing about well, it's it. It's not even, I'm sorry, not to interrupt, but it's not even the investment. It's just like at, by the third time, like now we're just taking up like time. real estate on yeah. screen. Like yeah. it's just like, yeah, we get it. I like, would say, though, that the thing about it is that, and I, I like the concept of doing each of these as a standalone movie. I don't think inherently is bad. No, but the no, thing, no, that, the, thing the thing about it though is, I think you really need to work on making those movies distinct and different, in that kind of way that the Showa era did. Like I, the Showa era had similar, you know, tones and stuff like that. But like when you get to like, you know you know, Hedora versus Gigan versus Megalon, like they all feel like very, you know, they might, you know, kind of have their own little connections, but they all feel like very distinct things, you know, for different various reasons. Like, I think that what at least, you know, what against has going for it in that sense is that the distinct inclusion of not just Mothra within its canon, but also War of the Gargantuans, which is especially like a out there thing. Whereas, like, the thing about, like, and, I mean, again, Skids Kids into the two, but, like, 2000 Megagirus and GMK, they all are very similar in the way that they present that story. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, listen, I don't agree with all the choices in GMK, but at the very least, 
it's trying to do something different. Sure. Where sure. it's like if you like if just for example, like in my head canon, if you did make Mega Gears more like a horror film or something, you know, where it's like there was a little bit more of like the kind of yes, the stalking yeah. and the kills and stuff like that. Like if you made it distinctly, each one had a distinct tone or a distinct genre it was playing with. Like that's I always go back to the Showa era because especially those era early Showa era movies, you like was like you could tell they could tell any story they wanted to, like you know, like Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, had this like kind of political thriller assassination angle, and then yeah, you know, Abira had like the heist movie angle, and um, you know, Mothra kind of had like this little environmentalist, little tiny environmentalist, right? Thing. Yeah, but then, no, yeah. You know, and it's like then you could have you know whatever you needed to do, um, like oh, um, Invasion of Astro Monster was your alien invasion movie. Like you could kind of go anywhere, and I think and then Son of Godzilla was like a whimsical island yeah. tale. But like even it's- even the Hasty era kind of did that because you know you have kind of the biological nature of Biolanti. You have the time travel in Ghidorah. You had the big you know again the nature aspect of Mothra, uh, and to an extent like even within Space Godzilla movie that's not really you know really that great. You still have kind of this crazy space angle you play with. Whereas, like, the Hasty era never really plays with genre. Like, mm. it never really plays with the genre as those other eras have. So, they all feel like the same movie, mm. the same tone, the same genre, the same basic idea. And I think, like, if you want to do the standalone thing, you have to make them so distinctly different. And, I mean, I think, like, that's for, for us, at least, to use an example. Like, that's what kind of makes, like you know stuff like the marvel universe the marvel cinematic universe like what made it successful is like despite those people saying all those movies are the same you know especially once you get into that later era they do play with like genre where like right versus like dr strange talking about td whereas like maybe even like those like the dcu where it was like all Zack snyder all the time it just kind of felt like he wanted something different and i feel like you know i think that's kind of what the millennium era needed it needed just more of a jolt of differences of something well, unique think about, injected into every movie because you know i think when people talk about like the movies being similar and everything they, they they think more of like you know tropes and set pieces and the types of movies that it is right, and right they're the same in that way but like you know they're all but and this is like a limitation that i think that godzilla found itself in in the millennium era is that we have basically watched a series of films all the way up into, like, the exception being Final Wars, where the main crux of everything you're watching is either Godzilla fights a monster 10% of the time, and the 90% of the time is the military's trying to kill Godzilla. Mm-hmm. So when you get to the third or fourth movie where it's just tanks and jets just trying to kill Godzilla, like, where it's just him versus the military... It, it is a little like you do kind of, and then I don't feel like and it's hard because that is the limitation of Godzilla because let's say you have like an action movie like a, like and you know to broaden it out let's say you have a Marvel movie or even a Fast and the Furious movie like mm-hmm. at least those movies like there's a little bit of variety and like craziness and like you know yeah. what you know we're going from racing cars to you know the rock punching a missile like you know it's just like you have that whereas like three times in a row it's Tanks try to go up to Godzilla. Yeah. Godzilla steps on the tank. These- Use the jet. Godzilla swipes the jet. Oh no! Like, and then that happens yeah. so often. And frankly, and I will say that is a staple from the Hasey series. But, but, and I was, I was gonna say is that 
but the Hasey series had a couple things going for it. Yeah. It had a lot more attention to differentiating the film and what was going on and what was making it different because Ghidorah and what made that appealing is much different than what makes Mechagodzilla 2 appealing. And different Mo- from like Mothra. Yeah, yeah, Mothra is appealing in, in a different way that Destroya is appealing. Like yeah. Those are two distinct, despite being very similar in style and maybe set pieces, yeah. there is a distinct feeling to them. GMK, I think, gets close, the closest, because it does have its mo- most unique thing. Um, and ironically, against is the more straightforward standard fits in with what we have been seeing but is a more competently put together movie in yeah. my opinion but the other thing that the hasty era had going for it also was the continuity yeah what i was about to say it, like yeah the you, thing the thing is about like yes you have this military aspect throughout all those movies but especially as you get on with those movies you have this Mickey character who's not only questioning a lot of aspects of the government yeah. you know especially as she goes on um, but also that's your character that even if she's, you know, even if she's like in Mothra, you know, she's a glorified cameo, but she's always there and she is someone that you get invested in throughout those movies. And I think that the, the, the thing about those, all of those, uh, millennium era movies, I mean, the other thing about against Mechagodzilla, despite, besides the fact that it's a straight more movie is you have a main character that you care about mm-hmm. and that has a through line that, you know, has like an arc and and stuff like that and has relationships and i think the thing about all of those other hasty movies is that i think there are ideas and characters that are set up to be interesting but none of them really land in a way where you mean in the the millennium uh, sorry the millennium yes where they land in a way that overcomes that military plot line right um you know, because like I think, like for example, like two thousand starts off with that interesting kind of reporter, you know, dad and little girl kind of relationship, but that never really kind of evolves into you know when they're just shooting Godzilla mm-hmm. and 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 our kind of shuttle Kaiba villain is kind of just going around being like, oh, Godzilla's got to be killed. We can't study this thing. And then uh, Megagirus, you know, has that similar, you know, opening and, and the beginning of that story that Against does, but the problem becomes is that then you like you introduce the kid that goes nowhere and then, you know, there's kind of really no drama to those human characters that really sticks with you. So by the end when they are trying like, you know, the girl the main girl's trying to redeem herself from that thing, there's there's no impact to that. Yeah. And then GMK you're kind of right in the sense that in theory it's the closest, but also it's kind of the one where it's like again, nothing. It doesn't really all gel together. Oh, I will give GMK the thing of like it is the better movie in terms of like from probably script to screen. Like they made a movie, yeah. Because my issue with two thousand and Megagirus is that they feel like here's the pitch for the movie, and they made a movie just based on, on a the pitch. pitch for a movie. Yeah. GMK feels like this is the movie that they had, you know, yeah. thought of. I just don't like the movie. I, I just don't yeah. think it comes but it's together. Because like, it's like you have, like, the dad character in GMK, and I think, like, yeah, there's this kind of thing about the, you know, it's kind of the muddled thing about, like, well, yeah, he, you know, has the history, but then has the respect, but then also still wants to kill, you know, right, it's kind of yeah. all over the place. And then, and then there's, like, what is the... The movies, like what it's saying, is weird and off-putting yeah. and and muddled. And then, like and... in the daughter character, it's like you kind of feel like there's something there, but it never really gets going in terms of really connecting it with the monster stuff and her reaction to that stuff, and right. never really connects it with her dad and 
you know, kind of that relationship there. And the Mothra Ghidorah thing is just like, it's super distracting. It, it doesn't yeah. quite add to the, it, it doesn't add again, to the movie the in a way thing you about would want G- it to. GMK has that meanness, that, that kind of meanness towards its human characters, uh, especially it's like kind of random side human characters that just kind of really, for us, doesn't really grab you within that human world. But, you know, I want to bring this up because it, it is interesting because I do think it's a valid question for somebody to ask. Because a lot of people ask about, when not in this podcast, but when we kind of, if you bring up this subject matter, is that, you know, when a movie is like mean-spirited or mean or quote-unquote dark and like, you know... I think it's valid for some, if we say that for somebody to be like, well, you know, is that necessarily like a requirement that like the movies like can't be, you know, mean spirited or mean and like and and I think that's valid to ask. I think the issue that Nick and I have and and you can chime in like if I'm wrong about this, it's just really comes down to the movie itself and like we don't think it quite either delivers that or er- earns or owns it in any effective it doesn't way. justify yeah. being mean. Because there are movies that justify being mean. Yeah. Like, James Gunn Super is a mean movie. Yes, exactly. That's but a perfect example. James Gunn Super is a mean movie, but within the context of what the movie is, what it's saying, and the way it's made, it justifies itself in being that kind of dark, mean movie. When you have, like, just this... Like, the thing about... And I get the base idea is paying for the sins of World War II right, and, for- right. and forgetting World War II. But when you have a thing where it's just a woman in a hospital room and like Godzilla just blows up the hospital room after she comes out of a coma, like mm. it just feels like it's just unnecessary, mm. you know? It's And it's like even like, you know, the characters that do get like, and I also said like the other good example is those reporters that are kind of reporting it like a wrestling match. Right. Like, yeah. Is it kind of the way you want to report that? No. Does it justify them kind of being just kind of just blown up out of the sky? Mm-hmm. Like, and the other thing about it though is that it you have a direct movie to compare it to for us, whereas that Final Wars has a lot of that kind of oh, there's like random explosions and random people like dying, but also it's not presented in you know it's presented in more kind of that oh like crazy fun way, right? And so you don't really like reflect on that aspect of it. It's just kind of part of that movie. Yeah, Whereas that- GMK is just like it just like feels like that never if you're gonna go mean then you really gotta make those characters it's assholes. a to- it's a tonally awkward movie yeah. because i think that what it is is that you know it wants to have its sense of humor as well but it's also trying to be like it just kind of feels like and not to say like it's an uber serious movie but it does kind of feel like that this is the movie where you need to take godzilla as the villain because we're talking about serious stuff now yeah because even it, it doesn't it, at no point in that movie other than here, here's my issue with the with the film is that at no point in the movie does it come across as this movie is trying to have fun in any aspect of it, which isn't a requirement. It doesn't have to be. But then when it has those quote unquote moments of levity with the people acting stupid and over the top and the screaming and the Godzilla and the random acts of violence. It it do, it just doesn't it comes across yeah. as off putting and like well wait is like this isn't funny this just seems kind of weird and silly and out of place and and that's why like it, it, GMK is is mostly just it's just a movie that just doesn't quite come together. It for doesn't me. gel. Yeah, all of its elements don't gel, and I think that's a consistent thing about the Millennium Era because even with the Final Wars, it's like it's kind of it's matrixy. 
Well, Final Wars is the weirdest because, as I said, like a, a little, like a couple minutes ago, it says it's almost as if we they had Toho didn't make any progress with how to make these films. Like you would almost feel like if we went for if there were no films since the Showa era. This that movie would make a lot of sense. That it's just like ah, it's just like yeah. oh, you remember all these monsters? Let's put them in a in a in a pot and like let's make a giant kaiju stew, like a, a kai stew, as it were. Yeah. But it's like, but when you watch it, but it's like again, I just got finished watching, and then especially like even though we're not fans of it, GMK, which all of its faults is a much more thoughtful film. Yeah. Like whether you like what it has to say or not. But then you and then you get to Final Wars, where it seems like again I would actually accept it as like if this was your guilty pleasure, Millennium, yeah. because I do think it has that. And frankly, I think that there are some cool elements that I think to Final Wars. I do think that having kind of that more actiony Power Rangers, getting rid of all the pretenses of and just making it a full blown quote unquote action movie, but with Godzilla is not a bad decision to go with no. and is probably that because when you think about it like it's not even a bad idea totally and genre wise it probably it sticks out much more at least to me favorably than let's say 2000 or megagiris yeah. because at least it was sticking to what this is, is the genre yeah. that we're going with this more is the so tone in its execution than right. anything else because i think everything about that movie is solid in terms of the celebration of the 50th and and kind of you know trying to return to the show era again. It's just the decision making of aspects of the human plot line and kind of the, the the real like lack of monster drama in that movie. I think that's what hurts it most, mm-hmm. um, especially upon reflecting and watching it. Yeah. Um, even though it's still among a fun watch, especially if you're kind of watching it with like kind of that mystery science theater sort of idea. Sure. Yeah. One hundred percent. If you're watching it in a group and kind of pointing out all the nonsense. Um, but it really does come down to that. Like when you look at all the movies, it's just those Mecha Godzilla, those, those Kiryu films that really are the ones that are the most put together mm-hmm. because you have human characters you care about. You have great monster action. You have kind of a decent through line between both of those movies. You have thematics, you have good actors. It does like, those are the movies that really stand out because they're, they're good. And it's just like that's the problem with the rest of the Millennium Era, because even with like the show, like the show era has plenty of badness. I mean, right. nothing within the Millennium Era still comes real close to All Monsters Attack, or uh, even to me like Raids Again is still very low on my list. But you know, the majority of those films within that era are still enjoyable to some degree. Like I will still put on like a I would still love the rewatch like an Ibira or you know give Son of Godzilla another chance or you know we've loved Megalon even Hedora for all of its faults has a lot of you know has Godzilla flying mm-hmm. and like that's that puts that movie up at least a couple of spots in my rankings has the still has the greatest moment in Godzilla history <laughs> uh, I will stick by that but the Millennium Era it really does come down to you have five films or six films no six films yeah yes mm-hmm. You have six films, and majority of them are low on my list. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you have, you know, it's kind of weird because I have like the 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 two Mechagodzilla films of Millennium Era are both like within or near my top ten. I think like you know, Against is right in my top five, and I think uh, Tokyo SOS is either ten or right outside the top ten. So you have two films that I would I would put very highly, and then you have basically. 
another set of films that are definitely within you know the bottom ten and 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 like it, like within the bad range. And it's just like when you have a majority of films that you don't enjoy within that. You know what I'm realizing right now? The millennium era for me, and you know, this is not for everybody because I know that people have different distinctions on both of these eras, but the millennium era has kind of become similar to what the Craig era of Bond is for me because you have like these movies, you know, like especially like on this rewatch where it's like we don't really enjoy Skyfall, Skyfall as much as we used to. Spectre is kind of all over the place. Quantum is just fine. And then you have like, Casino Royale, which is like the one, it was just kind of like a better version of like what we people think of what we think of GMK is just mm-hmm. like, you know, people have its really stark defenders of it, but also that we can definitely point out its like kind of flaws and yeah. stuff like that. And well, I feel like there's just like a lack, there's just a lack of at the end of the day of caring about these movies in a way that I want to revisit them. You know, well, it's, like it's a sh- different, it's that's an interesting comparison with the Craig films. It's a different type of ennui for me yeah, is that no. because the Craig era movies are definitely like as we talked about the the bro the the you know the broccolis they take a lot more like you know it's a little bit more purposeful yes. like what they well, were yeah, trying to not, do with like those an, a, it's not a one-to-one comparison obviously but, but I kind of feel like what this makes me think about is think about Toho's how they have treated the franchise of Godzilla up until this point every time Toho is reactionary to a film and their franchise doesn't turn out that well. Mm-hmm. Godzilla raids again doesn't turn out that well. Let's pump out another one because we need a sequel and this is great. All monsters the, attack. All monsters attack. We were going to stop with destroy all monsters, but no, people actually like this this Godzilla thing. To pump out another one, not that great. Yeah. Now ninety eight comes around. That was during the time when they're like, we're going to reboot the series. This yeah. is our first. This is our first reboot. Now and again. The failure isn't quite as bad as a Raids Again or an All Monsters Attack, but there is a level that when you look at the show of films, they were producing easily producible, like, you know, broad children's affair yeah. is what they were. Then with the Hasty films, a very purposeful that we want to continue this franchise, yeah. whereas this one is, oh, we need to keep making these because, you know, there's not going to be any more Godzilla films and we'll give people creative freedom, but th- there was no... And again, I know some people like don't like hearing this, but there really wasn't a definitive plan for like what they wanted to do right. with this franchise. There was other no direction. There it was alive. no direction. Direction is probably a better way. There, of but that's just it. like because yeah. again, like eighty, even like eighty four, which is some ways reactionary, but eighty four was very much like okay, this franchise has been out of commission yeah. for you know about a decade. Let's now. reboot this. So it's basically like let's purposely come up with something. And the thing about it, though, is like even though 84 wasn't that successful, they still were like, okay, well, let's continue with what we started there into Biolanti. There was a plan where it's like, okay, even though 84 wasn't this huge smash hit that we were expecting and there was a bunch of like issues with like, you know, the American version of it as well, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like kind of the big return, but let's let's not stray from the course, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I, it's even like that. Again, like they go back to it for it's like Marvel versus DC type of thing, where it's like the Marvel thing had that distinct plan, and yes, they had backups and stuff. But even if one movie wasn't as big of a hit as they wanted, they stuck with the chorus, and eventually it paid off for them in space. Well, it's, yeah, it's Whereas, just like you don't just because your first, just because you trip on your first step, doesn't mean you stop walking right. the same direction. Right. Like you, you, you keep on moving. Right. Like yeah. and I think like you know there are alterations that can be made based on different aspects of what's going on because because even with um. 
the Hasty era, right? Even when Biolanti wasn't, you know, it's still, you know, it was fine. Then again, their plan was okay. Let's shift gears and bring back a monster. Right. Again, they still had the plan. They still was very calculated. Here, it was just like, oh, let's make a movie. Yeah. Oh, let's make another one. And you kind of get into that DC thing where it just feels like, oh, we're just making like these movies that you know are yeah. doing their thing. And I feel like what they needed to do was what like DC's doing now, where it's just like, okay, well, let's just kind of really let things go to where they go. And stuff I, like that. I almost wouldn't put it that much of a fault. Be only because I think the reasoning for doing it was I think everything about the era it was well intentioned. I don't disagree. I think that they wanted to bring it back because you know they felt like the name was somewhat tarnished, yeah. or was going to be, and there there wasn't anything. And I think that the idea of giving creative freedom to each of the directors was a level of this was you know uh, yeah. what we were going to do. But when you think about it, that at least the Godzilla franchise is always on track when Toho's definitively like they are inspired to do something. Cause for instance, you know, King Kong versus Godzilla, they made that movie because they wanted to make a King Kong movie and they literally brought it over and people like, I keep on educating people on this and they don't believe me, but Godzilla was literally the franchise on the shelf that they're like, Oh yeah, we'll, we'll let's, let's, uh, let's use Godzilla. Like the, he, we have a giant monster. We want to make our King Kong movie and we can't necessarily. Yeah, so Kong was top billing. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then it's like, well, and what if even, we face him off with Godzilla? People liked that monster at one point, and right? Rothfer was top billing in that movie too. Right. Yeah. So it was, so there was a level of, and then because, and then honestly, there's a level of like Godzilla only came back into the fray because Toho was interested in the monster movie. You know, they gave Honda all of the movies to make Mothra and Rodan yeah. and um, Space Amoeba and like all that kind of stuff. So then eventually they just kind of was like, well, giant monsters on the crate is part of the craze. And I actually think that in, in some respects, there's probably alternate universes out there where I don't know, like, Rodan is the Godzilla or Mothra is the Godzilla like Godzilla just happened to be the in some ways yeah, the, this is like Godzilla the, a slightly be, more iconic and, and like uh, that original and I think there was like if Mo, if like 54 was a Mothra or like if, if Honda started with one of those other creatures yeah yeah definitely but like no like Godzilla is very much like an accident in the way that it happens mm. and I think that's also something that would be interesting to kind of delve deeper into is just kind of terms of like how you know, those films were able to, over its whole history, be able to do that. And I think that there is an aspect of when they're reactionary, especially within this millennium era, that there is that aspect of it, well, it's like a Godzilla movie, so let's just, you know, do it. Right. Like, like make it. And not to say that they're not trying, because I do think that there there's very much clear aspects of, they're trying to make movies. They're trying to make good movies. Like, honestly, you know, and, and as much as people think, you know, that this happens, nobody goes out to make a bad movie. Right. Everybody who goes on a movie, and I've been on movie sets and I've made movies that didn't turn out well, but you, when you're making it, you just have that energy about it. You're right. Like, you're so confident in the type of movie you're making. And I feel like, like, 2000 Megagiris and GMK all have really good intentions of what they're trying to do and what they're trying to say. Again, it just becomes the problem is that there's not really a direction so that none of those movies, those movies are just kind of there. And some there is an aspect of as much as the standalone idea can help 
and the creative freedom can help, mm-hmm. it almost kind of just hurts because then you're just making like this standalone movie and you really don't have the direction of what comes next. Because I think there's also this thing of like, if you're making a standalone movie, you do have to kind of be ready for it to be like, that's it. And I feel like there's like the Millennium Era is just kind of mix of, well, we're doing these standalone movies, but we know something else is coming next. Right. And I feel like that's really where you get in the issues because you kind of are just like, oh, well, we know we're going to make something else. So there's not really that focus in on like, oh, we're leading up to something. Well, you, something. well, also, it's funny. Like when you look back at the Showa franchise, like the Showa era, there was very little if at any retelling of the Godzilla origin. No. Also, when it ended, it was more of an open-ended, like, Godzilla swam away, or, like, he's done for the day. He saved the day. So, whereas, like, this one, you can't have it both ways. You can't have, we're going to have the standalone thing every time, but then also do the origin every time and end on a cliffhanger every time. Like, you're like, what? No, you can't have it both. Because this starts in the Hasty era, but like the Hasty and Millennium era really do double down on Godzilla's nuclear origins. And I know we've joked about through the Showa era how many of those movies had this random nuclear aside to it. But eventually within the Showa era, that character evolved from being like this nuclear creature. By the time you get to stuff like, you know, by the time you get to the movies where Godzilla's the heroic figure, mm, like the time mm-hmm. you get to... um the Megalons and, and the uh, Hedoras and stuff like that, where it's really evolved from, oh, it's it's the lessons of man's mistakes into, like, you know, Godzilla's fighting something else. Like, the movies become about Godzilla is this kind of heroic creature that you root for as he fights these evil kaiju. Once you get to 84, that's really that kind of reintroduction, that redistinction of Godzilla as an enemy, right. Godzilla as a man-made mistake, Godzilla as a nuclear allegory and then you know but again like the Hasey era deals with that really in 84 and even though that element hangs over the rest of the Hasey movies it eventually moves on from that as well and really focuses on Godzilla as a character alongside you know the the various human elements of those movies with the um with the Millennium Era, each one of those movies is distinctly reminds you that Godzilla is an enemy and a nuclear mistake and all that sort of stuff. So that you have these movies that all have very distinctly similar themes and ways that they go about Godzilla. And just like with, um, you know, I, I think that it's it, you never really get that chance of those Godzillas to evolve into something else. Because well, also. Because until the last three movies of the of the Millennium Era, Godzilla's kind of boring. Yeah. The Godzilla character, the monster, is kind of boring. Because you are focusing in the, until it on... Until those because, last three films. Right, because, again, like, you don't have the continuity of the Hasty Era that adds layers to Godzilla's character. You don't have the Showa Era where, again, because it evolves, it becomes, it becomes like, a, a, a positive hero character that you do find that, like, oh, like, you know, we, we don't... But, like, when you're watching, like... You know, uh, Megalon, and I use that example, but when, like, you know, there are moments where, like, Godzilla and Jet Jaguar are in peril from Megalon and Gigan. You're like, oh, come on, Godzilla, you can do it. Or, you know, like, as boring as that some of that Hedorah fight is, there's still this element of, like, oh man, like, Hedorah's, like, a big match for Godzilla, right, and, like, right. Godzilla's got to come back. 
The problem becomes is that when you distinctly make him just an evil character again, you have to add some other layer to it. Well, but or- here's the thing. The Hasey era actually very artfully handles this. Yes, I Because agree. for the most part, and then again, this the continuity actually event, well, let me start from the, the ground up. The Hasey era kind of artfully does this by recognizing that Godzilla is more of the icon of the status. Yes. And then the movie kind of centers all of the plot around that and extrapolates themes yeah. and story from said yeah. icon. And the continuity helps that by the time you get to Space Godzilla, you know, despite it being one of the weaker films, you definitely start connecting with Godzilla as like a, its own individual character. And then by Destroya, when he dies, you're like, oh, this was the loss of a of a quote unquote character that we have developed through the, or at least a yeah. creature and I also that we that we have bonded with. That through the Hasty era and the way that those movies evolve, that it does focus on Godzilla as like a distinct force of nature than as a evil character. Right. I think the thing about the Millennium era, especially 2000 and GMK, is that it really goes back to like, oh, Godzilla is the true enemy. Mm-hmm. Godzilla is this thing we need to fight and destroy. And the Hasty era gets through that because. You know, one is that more so Godzilla is part of this world of the force of nature where it's like you have Mothra and, the you know, Rodan and, like, you know, all that sort of stuff. And also, again, you have this Miki character that defends Godzilla against those who do want to destroy it. And, like, because she does that multiple times, it kind of works out. The thing about um, the Millennium Era is that you have at least two movies, and to an extent uh, that Megaguirus also fits into this realm where, like, there's really a double down, like, Godzilla has to be destroyed, and he's just, he's just going to destroy everything, and there's there's nothing redeeming about, you know, you know having him here. And I think whereas, like, the, the Heisei era and the later Showa era kind of justify that aspect of Godzilla, mm-hmm. the, the Millennium era just kind of, you're right, doesn't really do much to keep the character interesting within those first three movies. And then... And, and then when you get to the, the, the Mechagodzilla films, it kind of goes back to... Godzilla is this creature and, and even within that you know that second one there's like the whole aspect of like you know desec- you know the Mothra plot line of like oh well we desecrated the original Godzilla's bones and like you know we got to destroy Godzilla but also like by the end of the movie there's kind of the reflections of have we gone too far and everything like that um well there there there's a nuance of how they handle Godzilla in the Hasty films that just aren't there, at least in the first three Millennium yes. movies. By the time you get to Against, the film actually quite like go brings scales him back down to like I would say that mid Hasty period of being more of a, you know, to use a term that you would that you would be familiar with, more of a heel. Like it's just yeah. like so. What makes Godzilla more effective and fun in that one is that the movie kind of leans into him being kind of like, like it, it almost feels like wrestling. It almost feels like, oh, now the, the, the it's like, here comes the champ and he's going to like, yeah. you know, he's going to take on the city. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's, there's a little bit of fun where in the other ones, it's just kind of like, yeah, Godzilla is just like the big, mean, green, evil monster that we have, animal that we have to fight. Whereas in that one, there's a little bit more fun to be had, and it's not necessary because when you watch against yeah. an SOS, it's not like oh, big evil creature that must be stopped at all costs. There's a certain amount of 
fun sci-fi adventure lightness yeah. to be had to it. And not that you don't take it seriously, but it's not like you know you don't have it's a hard thing to describe i, I think you based off of the look of on your face I, it feels like you kind of get what i'm going yeah. for i'm just very proud of you for using the term heel <laughs> but it does like when you think no, about yeah. it like you you get there's, engaged. But there's that like wrestler yeah. quality where you know like you have like it's not it's kind of like the heel that you enjoy rooting against but also there's like a sure, little, little sure. bit of sympathy because like those are the best heels that are just like the best wrestling heels for those of you who don't know are the ones that are justified in like what they're saying like but they're just being dicks about it yeah. and there's that kind of feeling with those with those against movies you know what it is like, you know like at the end of the day what do we like about Bugs Bunny we like seeing him be a dick yeah. <laughs> to people right. like it's we don't want like in the in the Looney Tunes it's never Bugs Bunny being a good dude it being a hero it's all yeah. about him being like a like you know a, a rascal like a, you know yeah. like a, and and in some way and while it's not a one to one comparison that core kind of like you know that that raw emotion the yeah. same thing that you feel from Bugs Bunny being a dick to Elmer Fudd I feel that the against and yeah. SOS kind of get with Godzilla where, oh, it gets down to that raw, like, it's like, oh, my God, here's the here's the big bad and, like, here's Godzilla. And then, you know, and maybe it's because, like, the facial animations are a little bit better and, you know, they don't try to frame it as, like, oh, this is, like, the end of days. And it, there's just something way more appealing and nuanced about yeah. the way that it's it, he's handled in there. And then when you get to Final Wars – for all of its faults, there is something kind of slightly satisfying that they make him kind of like a dark superhero yeah. almost. He's kind of like, <laughs> you know, in the wrestling terms, he becomes like the anti-hero baby face. Right. Like, that's like the thing where it's like he's back to being kind of this good guy, but he has that kind of dark edge to him. Mm -hmm. And there is, I, I can't disagree that it was, you know, because I really did like in the Showa era, like that evolution of him being a hero of Jap Japan. You know, to the point where again in in the first Mechagodzilla, it's like weird that he's like fighting Anguirus. Whereas like you know in Raids again, that was like a normal thing because he was just a you know he was just kind of being a dick bag. But you know, I think there's that element of it again in, in Final Wars. It doesn't really have the complete effect that it, I would like it to have, but it is kind of nice. But and it's also very different than the rest of well, that because it's like in those because first three films. Do you care about Godzilla? No, well you don't. And then at least in the like last three films, you're like, okay, awesome, God's at, like when they get to the point of because even Wars, in 2000, when you get when in 2000, Godzilla isn't so much of a character as if as a thing to be studied. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's it's the whole thing where at the beginning there's just like, oh well, we gotta like study Godzilla, and you know he's just like there's no drama and weight to that Oga Orga fight because right. you don't have any personality to Godzilla. He's just this thing that is studied and needs to be beaten. Right. And to an extent. That happens to be the case too, not to that same degree, but that happens to be the case in Megaguirus and GMK too. And GMK, they tried to, you know, give in a little bit with like, you know, the revenge of, the, you know, the, all the souls that died right, in World right. War II, but that's also something that's kind of going a step too far. In well, the that. Hasey films, in the both the show and the Hasey films, we're always very pretty much steadfast into what our allegiances to Godzilla should always be at any given time. Yes. Like, and again, there were scenes that added some nuance to that, such as when he comes up to the business building and blows away the guy that, you know, saved him when he was a dinosaur. But like in like Ghidorah and in Mothra, 
like the movie kind of frames it as like, yeah, Godzilla is the heel. Like Godzilla yeah. is the vil- the quote unquote villain of the piece. Then when you get into you know uh, Mecha Godzilla two, they start blurring the lines a little right, bit. With, yeah, because it's like you have like you know Rodan and then Mecha Godzilla, and then yeah. by the time you get like because Space Godzilla and into Destroyer, uh, Destroyer. Again, you have that element of like, he's still this force of nature, still this destructive force, but there's a little bit of that heroic edge to him now. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, well now he's fighting off the true bigger bad monsters. And even like Ghidorah is also a movie that really well blends those lines because when he has like that bigger badder monster to fight, like you know he is gonna be the you know good guy. When you have Batra or when you have you know uh, Ghidorah or Destroya. It, it, like now that he has the bigger bad guy to fight, well mm-hmm. now Godzilla kind of takes on that distinctly, right? You know, a successful, it's you just know, the, heroic role. Even though he still has that heel right. nature to him, you can you can kind of root for him in that way. And like none of those first, it's just like those first three hasty. Excuse me, I keep saying hasty. The first three Millennium Era films kind of all have that similar Godzilla aesthetic. And I think like the thing is, if you're gonna do this era of the standalones, you need to make each of your Godzillas feel different. And it's just like those first three don't do it. Well, the problem is, is that once again, it's like those other films are very clear on where do we stand with Godzilla, where it feels, especially in, in 2000 and Mega Gearus, there's a lot of like, here's Godzilla and he fights the military and he also fights a monster because that's just what Godzilla does. Right. That's what you guys like, right? And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, kind of. Like, I don't want to say no, but it just seems like he's just doing the Godzilla things without any of, like, the, like, because you're, cause you're watching 2000, you're like, wait, like, am I, like, do I want to see Godzilla do Godzilla things? Or is it bad that he's yeah. doing Godzilla? God-? Like, you know, it's like, because at least the, the previous films were always, like, clear on that. But as we kind of, like, you know, wrap up this retrospective i will oh, sorry, say, sorry go I ahead will say, yeah. in that respect too the other problem and i mentioned you know i mentioned before we've mentioned already that like the monsters aren't too great but the other aspect about that is you also don't have these monsters he's going against that have much personality either to latch yourself against those because again orga is just like a mess of a kaiju the more i reflect on that the more he's really at the bottom of kind of the kaiju list because there's really not much there to really grasp yourself onto. And again, that costume is kind of a mess. Megaguris at the end of the day is just a giant dragonfly. Mm-hmm. So again, not much of the personality or, or the thing there. And then when you get to GMK, yes, you have Godzilla doubling down as the true like evil force, but then like, you know, we have like, when you get to like that movie's interpretation of Mothra and, um, Ghidorah, Ghidorah, there's really not much of their personalities to latch yourselves onto either. There's not really like, you know, Ghidorah is traditionally our villainous character. So trying to make him a hero, while in, you know, an interesting new idea just kind of doesn't really gel. You know, again, that Baragon fight is the most fun, but also you don't really have, you know, and and I think Baragon is the one monster in that movie that kind of steals the show because he's a little bit different. It's a little bit of a different personality. But, like, Mothra and Ghidorah don't do enough in that movie to really, you know, grab you onto them either. So, you really have these three movies that don't, you know... Because even in the early Showa, you know, like, it's very clear that, like, okay, like, you kind of... You, you can kind of choose your side in, in King Kong versus Godzilla. And when you get to, like, Mothra and Ibira, you know, you kind of, like... 
you know, you know that Mothra is kind of, you know, this good, you know, this kind of spiritual kaiju, and you know that, you know, get, oh, or in Ghidorah especially, where it's like the first original Ghidra, you have this like, okay, now the big bad kaiju, like the biggest of the bad kaiju, and he's like, Ghidorah is like destroying everything, so now the monsters have to team up. And you kind of get those, you're right, those mm-hmm. bad lines drawn, but those monsters have personalities. Mm-hmm. And the thing about those first three is that they just, the new monsters or the returning monsters don't have enough personality. Godzilla doesn't have enough personality. So there's there's nothing to those fights. And when you get to against and when you get to SOS, through the human characters, but Kiryu has that personality. Kiryu has something to attach yourself to, and Godzilla does as well. So mm. those fights are meaningful. And I think that's where I fall into issues with Final Wars, is that, yes, you kind of get some of that personality because it's fun to see the monsters again. Mm. But also when, like, again, like, you're kind of seeing Anguirus roll around and then Godzilla just kind of knocks him the ball into a mountain and he's dead. Right. Or not dead, but, like, knocked out. I, I would still submit that Final Wars is a little bit more thoughtful than No, it, no it's very much more thoughtful, but, I, but yeah. I still feel it doesn't have oh, sure. no, I the get, depths I get of those other yeah. movies. So I think it kind of falls into those similar issues. Now, definitely Final Wars is above those first three, but, like, in terms of the Millennium Era, like, that um, it's just the fact is is that against in Tokyo SOS do the best with their kaiju personalities and that's what makes them the best movies and the easiest to watch and easiest to rewatch. Mm. Yeah, the the thing for me is that like if you're talking about the monsters, it's just kind of like this is just your monster. Mm-hmm. This is the monster of this movie. Yeah, here's Orga. He's an alien. Here's Megagirus. It's a dragonflight. Whereas, like, when then at least when you it, well, and then when you get in GMK, it's like Baragon seems like a car- like a monster that they put thought into. How is this creature going to get betrayed and like everything? And then the other two monsters, Ghidorah and Mothra, are here's Ghidorah and Mothra, but our own version of it because we have to put him in this movie. Yeah, and it isn't until Kiryu that it is a more there's a purpose to what this is. We're going to explain what it is, and this is how it fits into the story. Right. And then all of that kind of like goes out the window in Final Wars. I'm willing to kind of, you know, kind of forgive it only because of the type of movie. Like, again, it kind of knows what it's going for. But if we're talking about the monsters specifically, that is really the thing. It really isn't into like you could tell the monsters that have had thought put into them. Yes. um, With that. And then, like, even with Mothra in, in that movie, which is. Probably one of the biggest kind of like the thing I go back and forth on in these films is kind of like the almost too casual nature use of Mothra in these films. Um, Even though watching SOS again, Mothra actually does kind of have some dope stuff to do in that film. Yeah. But, you know, that that's kind of how I feel about the monsters. But. As we kind of like move into the, the the closing of this episode, the one thing I do want to say because as we've been going back to like the the Showa era and the Heisei era as we talk about the Millennium era, and I think that we do that because you know we have a lot more context for these movies as we go along. But I think that opens up a big question that we have, especially if we're talking about the the franchise as a whole. And, and another thing I want to say, it's like it, it is interesting when we talk about the direction of the franchise and everything, and. You know, having some like direction in the leadership and like and from the production level, I think that more for me at least speaks to the the era as a whole and how it how it how effective the era is. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think not necessarily Toe not having a direction is the fault with these movies because as we've seen, 
there are some good movies in here. It's not like GMK yeah. is bad because there was no producerial direction. No, there's direction. But, but it does it it, it does sh- it has affected I think where the millennium era as a whole stands. Yes. Now, but the thing I want to bring ask you and kind of just talk about in general is now what the millennium era is operating all things considered, is operating under a very different circumstance than probably any Godzilla era has. Yeah. Like, now we are entering an era where I think that it's slowly dawning on Toho. This is, I think, the first full wake-up call that, okay, this is a cherished franchise. Mm Mm-hmm. They have gone from earlier films where, you know, they're going to just kind of, like, produce these out and then and then eventually kind of make it just like a successful franchise to now this is an IP that we have to protect yeah. in, in in some ways. Mm-hmm. And it's a very interesting evolution of the franchise in general. And, you know, I don't even know if it's a for better or for worse situation, but it's definitely very much different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, ha- have you kind of noticed that as it goes on, See, especially here- in when we talk about like the making ofs of these yeah. films as well. Yes. But I really feel like here's what I feel about it. I feel that the Hasty era is really truly where and I get like, you know, that even like with Destroyer it was kind of a, you know, the response to that was even somewhat unexpected in some ways. But I feel like how I kind of feel about it is that the Hasty era was very much where they kind of started to get this idea of like, oh, well, we have something here that it kind of came into fruition after the response to 98. Mm -hmm. But I also feel that the Millennium era is still them struggling with that idea that I do feel like they know it's an IP, but they don't really know what that means Mm -hmm. for them in some way. I don't know if they fully have embraced what they have until very recently, to be quite honest. Yes. I do think that the next couple years of the Toho-based Godzilla stuff will be really defining on kind of how things are going. Because I do think there's a distinctive now that like the presentation of their booth at Comic-Con and their Twitter account and sort of this the news that they are going to start producing, you know, Tokyo Toho based Godzilla movies again. I do think that this is really the era of where it could go. Cause my other thing about it is that I do wonder, you know, what a modern final wars would look like, mm. because I do feel like while final wars as a 50th anniversary film, and again, an, an idea, maybe not an execution was good. I wonder if you did that type of movie now, what kind of result you would get and how you how that celebration of that entire franchise and what monsters and how they use the monsters would be. I'm going to be very interested to see like when they finally reuse monsters again, mm-hmm. you know, cuz really like I think when you look at post Final Wars and the movies that we have coming up, mm-hmm. And the movies that we've already talked about in King of the Monsters. I mean, like, King of the Monsters is really, you know, kind of that real first modern acknowledgement 
of like, oh, we have these other kaiju too that we want to use. That's true. That's very because true. like you know, obviously, twenty fourteen is very much like well, we're just introducing Godzilla and. They want to, you know, we'll talk about it when we talk about that movie, but they want to use original monsters for that one. Then you have Shin Godzilla, which I have some familiarity with the, with the style and tone. And it's very much like in the realm of what they do with like 84 and even 2000 in terms of really focusing it in on Godzilla, but in a different way for a different time period. Yeah. But then now we get to like now with this year. We've gotten into King of the Monsters, and we've gotten into their, to- you know, in their booth at Comic Con, it had like the whole list of things, and their Twitter account have been very forthcoming about, you know, mentioning things like Destroya and Jet Jaguar and stuff like that. And I feel like really we're in the era now that, you know, the Millennium Era, to get back to that point, is very much an era that they know they have an IP but they don't really know how to handle having an IP mm, that they don't really yeah. like that. They're kind of like, well, we need to make movies and let's do this. And you know, we don't, we need new monsters or no, we need to do that. Oh, like it just kind of feels like it's kind of all over the place in that regard. And I feel like the person that had the most distinctive handle on it is our director of, um, against and Tokyo SOS because he when we talk about his producing it's just like his his the nature of him being that type of fan and 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 wanting to kind of you know be a Godzilla director mm-hmm. and I think there is that extent to you know our other directors in the era and our, our final wars dude is is very much in that realm but there's there's a kind of a difference to how they're going about it sure. whereas I feel like um and I, I know I'm sorry I don't know the Japanese names off the top of my head. That's you know I wish I I did. Um, but our 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 Mechagodzilla director really had that kind of distinctiveness of the emotion that you need in these types. Of he movies. he reminds me a lot of when reading about him reminded me a lot of um, Doherty when uh, mm-hmm. just in the way that he spoke of right. like you know the franchise and his familiarity and you know what he wanted to bring back and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it definitely had that same type of vibe. I, I will say this too, by the way, uh, going back to our production stuff, it is though interesting though, because it, there's also that sense of when you look at the production of GMK, it's very much something to remind yourself of how different that movie would have been had it had it had an original lineup of monsters. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a different conversation around that movie if we don't have these different interpretations of Mothra and Ghidorah and if we do have these kind of more unique monsters that we either haven't really seen Godzilla fight or only briefly have seen Godzilla fight because what it was like Baragon Manda and and Giris, I think right or or, uh, or, or Ver- Varen yeah Varen, Varen yeah so like you you talk about like when you talk about that movie like and that director it's like if you had like you know, and Gears would hadn't been seen for a couple of years Baragon and Varen which were only seen very briefly in destroy all monsters but again had old enough costumes where he didn't do that if you had maybe that more unique monster action maybe that movie kind of turns out a little Mm. bit differently no that's true um and but i kind of feel like again it's good it's it's toho panicking and be like well we need the big names because we know we know the big names do big numbers right but it's not really understanding why those big names like look how carefully like you're right that they have been approaching like the franchise in general like you know even with their you know, there's Shin Godzilla, which is more kind of akin to Nolan doing a Dark Knight, and yeah. we'll be talking about that film soon. But you know, even with all their stuff, like you know, they had the anime series, but it which wasn't really branches out, right? But it wasn't like, and then the next year another movie came out. Like it's like, and then the fact that 
it took a, one successful legendary movie before they gave them the rights to. Mm-hmm. So whereas I feel like that th- th- as well-intentioned as the Millennium Era was, there was almost a little bit too, like, I, I hate to say it, but it was almost just like, yeah, all we have to do is just get creators on right. and just make Godzilla movies. Yeah. Like, and then we'll keep the brand alive mm-hmm. and then we'll do it. But then there is some of that. It, it doesn't see, but then also kind of be producerial. It's like, but, but put Mothra and Ghidorah yeah. in it. Whereas like, maybe it would have just been better if you let the guy reinvented in the way that they do, which eventually is, I think the lesson they have been learning with mm-hmm. these more recent films, or at least being more careful and dolling them out. But my question is, as we talk about the franchise, just on a broader scale, like yeah. when we talk about film and franchises in general, we have gone from the Godzilla franchise being this where they cheaply produce it for for lulls yeah. and for entertainment to now almost feeling like an obligation to produce these films. Yeah. Is that good? Is that bad? Is that just... W- the, is that just is what it is i'm it's always a natural order of i'm of the side where it's like you know I, i'm not i'm just of the side when it comes to like these movie franchises it's just like that is well that is how it is it's just like you know godzilla now i think with 95 and despite whatever you say about 98 and you know how it turned out the fact that there was excitement for that film the, to come out you know there you just you just look at it and clearly like, you know, somebody somebody said to me, I heard this twice. We're recording this the day after the most recent Star Wars trailer came out. Mm-hmm. Twice in that day, I heard, it's like, they're making another Star Wars movie? <laughs> Which is funny for two reasons. One, it's like, are you not paying attention to movies yeah. at all? <laughs> like, yeah. So first of all, like, it's like, we're, we're in the middle of a trilogy. But second, But the other thing is like, listen... You're, there's not just gonna be a last Star Wars movie. Like, of course, there's another like Star even Wars before, movie. Like, right? The thing was, like, even before Disney bought it, just like real quick, it's like, yeah. even before Disney bought it, we all knew something new was coming. Yeah. Or even at the very least, like, there was gonna be some way to continue the franchise. I mean, that's what the Clone Wars was for that. I I have a couple things to say in this regard. But, but real quick, just to wrap up that point. It's the same thing. You don't go into a comic book store and just be like, wait, another Batman comic book? Like, there's certain things in entertainment and culture that becomes like it's so in, in like engrossed in the culture that it becomes like there's always going to be like a next one. It just stays around in the zeitgeist and something staying around in the zeitgeist doesn't mean just like, oh, the 54 film is just always on shelves. It's just there's always different iterations, whether it be movies, TV shows, comic books, what have you. I mean, like the same thing. I say the thing, same thing about things like. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's always going to be another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like to the fact that I actually think that you can't even say that you rebooted Godzilla. You can't say you rebooted. Yeah, honestly, I don't even feel like you can say you rebooted James Bond. You just made the next James yeah. Bond. So it's just almost like it, it is. But it is interesting to see right before our eyes. Like we are seeing that even though there is nothing wrong with Godzilla, kind of getting into that area where Toho feels obligated to make them, I do think that we have seen, if not wielding that power carefully, uh, the mixed results that can be. I think, too, though, to be fair to what we're talking about, I also feel that there's an aspect of how you see this evolution of Godzilla in a sense of, it's we got to remember that 
of the era and the culture that surrounded those early ones, right? And I do feel that there is something about the way that this Godzilla franchise happens where it almost feels like the evolution of that franchise kind of really matches up with a lot of other long, excuse me, long-standing Japanese franchises and mm. Japanese. In, in what way do you think? Well, it's just because like I feel like there's a similar aspect to like like long-running anime or long-running video games. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at the early history of like Nintendo, where they're making like Zeldas and Mario's, there's very much like. Like Zelda especially, but Mario in a similar way. Whereas like when you look at those first early years, it was just like, okay, we just made this thing. Okay, we got to make another one. And oh, we're going to, you know, there's kind of like, oh, well, this this one's too hard. I'll just put this Mario on, on Doki Doki Panic and that'll mm-hmm. be the one for USA. And, and and Zelda was like, well, like, okay, well, this one's side-scrolling, fine. Whereas like now if you look, when you, when you hear them talk about the Zelda franchise, there's a lot more distinctive like, what's the lore of this one? And mm, what, what, what right. world are we going to explore? And, and just getting into, and this is something I'm just, I've been getting into like this year, but Dragon Ball is kind of a very similar regard. Whereas right. like, when you look at the history of uh, Toriyama and Dragon Ball, you have like the Dragon Ball series, and then it kind of transitions to Dragon Ball Z, and then... Um, Dragon Ball GT was kind of this weird little spin-off thing that was just kind of okay, let's do this one. But then once you get to this modern era and Super, uh Super has been very much like more like a different tone but also very much like planned out and and kind of a a, a distinctive like new tone but also kind of like really protecting, you know, kind of what Dragon Ball is into Broly this year, which was, you know, one still one of my favorite movies of this year to be quite honest. But I feel like there's this kind of this distinctive you know, history with that. And I do feel like, you know, there's kind of like this element of when you're making these longstanding franchises that that first one just comes out and you're just like, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then the more you get into it, the more you get into what it is. Now there are differences with some different aspects of, of Bond, but like, I would also say that that's a very much a difference between making a Batman movie in 1989 Versus making a Batman movie today. Mm-hmm. Because in 89, it's just like, well, we have this Batman movie. Oh, Tim Burton, you want to make another one? No, you know, yeah. put, put do, weird shit in it. Yeah, do your thing. And then once you get to the Schumacher movies, it's just, again, it's just like, oh, well, we're, you know, just making these quickly because we need the toys and we need the money or whatever it may be. Whereas now when you're looking at like, you know, cal- like Matt Reeves' Batman, for all that it is, is a very calculated response to, you know, Things right. that have happened in Batman versus Superman and, and those Justice League movies where it's like, okay, well, we're doing something different and we're doing like a response to this. Just like James Gunn's Suicide Squad is very much of a response to the original Suicide Squad, I think, in some regards. But I do think that there is an aspect of the era in which he's making these movies, too. It's yeah. not just the fact that these are long-stranding franchises, but those original show era films through the 60s and the 70s we've talked about the culture of Japan at that time, and it's just like, okay, well, we're just making movies because, you know, this right. is what it is, where it's like, once you get to, you know, because don't forget, too, that the the 80s and the Hasty era, there's an element of those movies that's very much like them trying to compete and trying to be those 80s American Hollywood movies. That's true. Uh, that That's what that is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and even 2000 is kind of a response to 98 and again kind of that Hollywood version of it and and kind of bringing it back to that era whereas I feel like there's similar aspects of like you know long running manga and video games where it's just like they're making them in the 90s 
you know, when this was all like new stuff mm-hmm. was is very much different now that like video games and, and worldwide anime is and worldwide manga is such a different ball game. And I think it's same thing with with most cinema. Because I think the other thing, if we're going to compare it to the franchise, other franchise within our grasp, which is Bond, I think there is a difference between those like 60s Bond films into what they're doing with the Craigs. Whereas, you know, the 60s, like Eon has always been a very insular company uh, and basically just doing what they need to do. But very much like those 60s, those Connery films into early more are very much like, well, what's the next one? You know, it's not to say that you know, they're, they're not planned out, but they're very much like, oh, like, okay, we're making the next one. Right. Whereas now with the Craigs, there is this sense that, like, with all the Craigs from being in this modern era, that there is more of a distinctive, like, we're going the direction because of this. Mm. That, that Barbara and Michael have been a little bit more, like, responding to different aspects of cinema and different aspects of you know, culture, which mm. I think is for, kinda, for better and for worse. Yeah. Which in, is in that, which is in, why in my for opinion. bond, I'm very interested to see what they're going to do after no time to die comes out, because mm. I think there are a lot of different responses they could have. Are they going to continue on, on being that kind of edgier thing to kind of differentiate themselves? Are they going to go into that kind of back to the lighter Marvel type direction? I think there's different ways they can respond to that. That's but true. there is, I think it's very much not just the fact that it's a natural order of these franchises to be protected, but as the longer franchise goes and the different years, the different decades that you encounter, you have to be aware of what you're doing. And I think that's to get back to even the modern day. I think that Toho realizes that within this modern culture of, you know, connectedness, connected franchises and, and, large respect for like cinema or like franchise history. I would say that they're even more now than ever before. There's a lot more means of exploring like an entire franchise Mm -hmm. than there was before. I think that Toho realizes that they have this complete Kaiju canon and it'll be interesting to see if they decide to play with that in, you know, whatever new films they come up. But I do think it's very much like, you know, as the years go by, just culture changes, yeah. and culture changing necess- necessitates if you're going to keep these IPs, do you do different things with them? Well, that's one of the reasons we talk about this: it, it being the longest, one of the longest running franchises, because yeah. it's seen these evolutions and, and, and I think it's it has like, experienced them and, as well. And I think, like you know, as we you know talk about other franchises, you know, you could see those, even if they're not as long running, you can see different things. Like if you were to go through the whole. Disney animated canon or if you were to go through Star Trek or if you were to go even through like the films of uh, you know different directors like you know if you were to go through Spielberg's filmography or Kubrick's filmography or Mel Brooks's filmography or like whatever major director you have you'll see over time that different things that you know you know Spielberg is making different movies in the 70s that he is in 1995 that's just the nature of culture the nature and then and then seeing what his modern output is it's very unique and and definitely very specific i I have been on a brooks kick mel brooks kick and comparing like the producers to young frankenstein to history of the world part one to robin hood men tights there's all, all very different movies even if they're similar tropes similar ideas similar themes they're all very distinctly different movies 
Well, I think all that's good. And um, I was only going to have one closing statement about the millennium era. I think we have both uh, kind of been very honest about this one. I, I think that, um, when have you know. We've never been honest. Well, I mean, we kind of. We kind of. Uh, we did. We we weren't light on this one. Like we, we really, I think, spoke our mind Listen, about where where we where we're we never stood light with it. on the movies we yeah. like and dislike. I think that's really what the people like about us. Will <laughs> it's true. It's true. But when the, you don't like live and let die, and I kind of like live and let die, we don't <laughs> let that slide. I will say one thing though, just to end on a slightly positive note. And one of the things that I do think that is ultimately cool about the millennium era, as much as I have said, it's kind of just. The only thing that defines it is that they did, were just still making the movies. And, and, like, you know, that's really all that you need to know. But I will say that I will kind of skew that in a positive light. That just as a personal fan of the franchise, it is kind of cool that during the 2000s film, like, that Godzilla just wasn't this old in the 70s or 80s like you know just film franchise and then now they're just now it's a nostalgia property being made up but that you could look at the franchise and be like oh no like up into like kind of running into the modern day when you get into the 2000s like they were still cranking these films out and you know there's a little i have a soft spot in my heart just for the fact that toho was still producing these films during that time and i that is one of the aspects i will look fondly on the millennium era of uh, uh, four so um all right so uh back uh back from the deep dive on 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 the millennium era you always We're, are deep diving into oceans yeah have you ever thought about deep diving in like caves caves like or spelunking like, yeah yeah you i could, feel like that's more of a bond thing so like in the next bond deep dive i'll be like uh that's fair because that that's more of a, yeah. a of a spelunking thing so or like going into icebergs you know? <laughs> well uh in case, uh, so that is everything we have to say about the Millennium Era, I think. I think this was uh, a very, as always, a fun deep dive. But in case you are curious at more specific thoughts of the movie, even though we've covered them all pretty specifically here, um, I would suggest going back and listening to some of those Millennium Eras. Specifically, I think some of our standouts are our GMK and Against Mechagodzilla um episodes and i think if those you, are... i mean last our last episode final wars is also very fun yeah oh uh, bonkers bonkers movie so. i if you want to hear us at least me be exhausted by talking about mm-hmm. how bonkers a movie is listen listen to the final wars episode yeah. but um but yeah but that concludes or, or any of our other I, i've been actually re-listening to some of our more era episodes mm. and those are very much fun stuff well, that's actually good because if you listen to a more episode, then our next main episode is a James Bond episode. It is. Well, we're not talking about more. We're talking about Ford. Yes. <laughs> our, 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 our favorite actor on the Bondzilla podcast will be the subject of our next episode. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, that concludes uh, this uh, month's Godzilla Deep Dive. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our thoughts and for those who continue to listen to the bonzilla podcast nick do you have anything to say it was fun (laughs) um nick plugs away so many times in other episodes go and listen to those if you want to know where to find us just skip to the end at this part at this point i think you guys know where to find us so thanks again for listening everybody and until then, until the next era as we enter... And if this is your first episode, it's a very interesting choice for a first episode considering we're talking about the end of an era of movies we just talked about. But hey, welcome. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, go check out our, our main Hop time. on board the Bonzilla train because we are hopping into the Rewa era. We're, we're getting towards the end. Yeah. So, and we're closer than you think. Until then, take care. Bye-bye.